is up? Welcome to the Guinness Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Bucky San Medina. And hey, this week, uh, Pratik and Xavier are on assignment. But in their place, I have from Sports Keto Radio, comedian Kevin Kellum. Hey, how you doing? I'm sorry. I was eating an onion ring right before we started. I'm not going to apologize for it because I ordered French fries and they gave me an onion ring, which feels like a bonus. Does that mean that you're engaged to Burger King now? Probably. It's been the most fulfilling relationship in my life. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And also we are joined by the From Flows For You podcast, a rapper, Scout. What's up? I I apologize too. I've been just changing diaper, so literally just my hands are still covered in dookie. So all right, you guys there are at go. opposite ends of the world right yeah. now. Yeah. Got, well, uh, when you combine those two together, and, uh, it's a you're really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I would I'd be I'd be lying if I told you I haven't been a day where I had diarrhea on one pan and I was like I'm really hungry. <laughs> I need to eat the sandwich. <laughs> Please let me have the sandwich. Yeah. I'm just saying, there's a chance that that happened. The food that was in my mouth just changed based on what you described. <laughs> Sorry, man. Did, I it, did it become a sandwich? Uh, we're talking about wrestling, right? I'm not wrestling. Let's get back to, <laughs> yeah, let's get back to the, uh, the subject of hand. Hey, uh, so you guys, right off the bat, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, WWE Hall of Famer, professional wrestling legend, uh, Terry Funk passed away today at the age of 79. Yeah, very, very sad. I got to talk to Bill Apter, who's on staff with us at Sports Kia. And if you followed wrestling for, I want to say, more than five years, you might know that name. Uh, he was uh, easily one of the journalists that wrestlers liked. They they never referred to him as like a dirt sheet guy. And he has many, many, like very, very dear friends uh, in the wrestling business. He's widely, widely respected. And he had a very long, long, multi-decade friendship with Terry Funk. And um, it was I didn't break the news to him, but it was you're seeing him kind of process it, and it was very, very sad to see that. Um, he, you know, Terry was 79. Uh, he's been in uh, challenging health for the past couple of years. Uh, he was doing some uh, some shots a few years ago. I understand he underwent a hernia surgery, uh, and there was some work that had to be done after the surgery. But he made a commitment to. Someone he's considered one of his many wrestling sons and Tommy Dreamer, and he wanted to make those dates. Uh, and uh, apparently that uh, may have impacted his health with the hernia that he was working on. Uh, and sadly lost his wife a few years ago. They had been together uh, on and off. Uh, they divorced at one point when he was wrestling. He became the NWA world champion. And, and there was some speculation from Dave Meltzer today that he may have opted to lose a world title so that he could get his wife back. In real life. Oh. Uh, so, so he was a very passionate man, uh, and had that, he walked that fine line that we always hear as lifelong wrestling fans of one of the guys who was a bad guy on screen, but was deeply, deeply loved by many, many people and people that he didn't even wrestle with, like, uh, were fond of him. There's no hardcore wrestling as we know it without him. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of the real fundamental guys that made that style more than just a gimmick. He made it a whole genre of wrestling. You know, and uh, got the most out of gimmick matches in a great way and truly was a trailblazer for not just being the old school wrestling cowboys. You know, people have those great, you know, Terry Funk impressions and did some big stuff outside of wrestling. He was in movies and did a whole bunch of different things. Wow. Yeah, he was he was amazing. I still still my my most cherished memory is from him for the New York 
from the New York Royal Rumble where he comes back, comes out with Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the, this is the same Royal Rumble where, uh, Mick Foley comes out as all his characters. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was like they were like one and two, right? And so, because yeah, <laughs> I, I still remember the day. And you know, as a Texan, I was always proud of Terry Funk. Yeah, like it was just because he was a Texan. He had the hat. He had all the stuff. And it's like you know, so many stories of old school wrestlers just loving him. And it, so many people just, I mean, you can't be mad at somebody that loves their job that much. Yeah, um, and he was and a, he was a passionate was, guy. You could do, yeah. there was there wasn't this wasn't a guy who got into wrestling because it wasn't something he didn't care about. This is a guy who had a good collegiate, you know, pro football career and could have got tryouts, could have really pursued the NFL thing. But his father was a pro wrestler. His brother was a pro wrestler and he wanted to follow that path and, and chose it and, and gave a lot of his life and a lot of pain to it. Retired multiple times, came back to it multiple times. <laughs> I was going to mention that he did retire a bunch of times. They, they did it beyond the mat. Did you, you guys ever see beyond the mat? You guys see beyond the mat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like a, the, him retiring in a movie that came out in the mid late nineties, and he retired. He wrestled for another ten, fifteen years. You know, the guy who wrestled until almost like was doing bumps too, like really a long time, like a forty, forty, like forty plus year career. Uh, and that's an insane life to have in the wrestling business, and was raised in it, and, and truly gave his life to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and compared to the bumps that he took, compared to like a Hulk Hogan. Um, you know what I'm saying? The amount of bumps, it's like quadruple the amount of bumps in that dude's career compared to Hulk Hogan's career. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. kind of bumps. But so. also like, you know, Terry had years off from the business. He was off in the business in the eighties. You know, he was oh, off, yeah. he was off for a while. Uh, you know, there would be times when he would retire and you wouldn't see him for a long time and he would come back and he'd get the bug and, um, very instinctual guy from people I know that have wrestled uh, or performed on shows that are very, very instinctual he was something that would it would uh, if he was on a show and he's really really late even if he was doing something small on the show very very minimal he wanted to be able to hear the crowd before he got out to the ring that was that was something I was told like, I knew that seems like a common thing but this is a guy who even in his later years maybe couldn't do a full sixty minute match he still wanted to hear the crowd before he got out there and wanted to know how to handle something uh, and uh, also want always wanted to give something back he was very very passionate about wanting to make people. There was a big, big, there was, those were things that were expressed to me by other people that he took more pleasure in making a story or making an opponent than winning a title himself. He was a very selfless performer in that regard. And his biggest matches are not matches he won. His biggest matches are matches he lost. Like, think about that. Uh, it's something to be said for that. And, and a guy who also the biggest period of his career was well after when he was in his fifties or forties. The ECW stuff, this the stuff where he really rebooted WCW, the biggest angle that WCW had before Bischoff and Hogan and, and Hall and Nash came over was him versus Funk in 89. You know, like that was really big business. And he's a big part of that. Hell yeah. I have a couple of good memories. Well, I mean, I one really good memory of Terry Funk about 10 years ago. I was at a convention and he was outside, um, I think with his wife or his, you know, a lady. And, um, and I went up to him, and I'm you know, in my 30s. I'm an adult-ass guy. And I go to him, and go, excuse me, Mr. Funk. And my wife still to this day makes fun of me because she said, I, you know, I went up to him like a 10-year-old. <laughs> but he was like because the nicest could, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was so it, but, nice. Yeah, but he's, he gets it. You know, Mr. Yeah. Funk understood the, the whole the whole regimen and everything like that. But, yeah. you know. And that's you, just you the way up. that, you know, like that's how much respect I have for the guy. I'm not going to be like, hey, what's up, Terry, you know. 
like walk up to him like that. <laughs> Although the same day I saw Bret Hart and I approached him and I said, "What's up, Hitman?" It's just like mm-hmm. the way you feel about the wrestlers, yes. you know how you approach yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know everyone knew him as Punk. You know, there was so, so I mean he ran with it. You know, and, yeah, <laughs> and definitely uh, has that name. So many people have that that voice. That voice where you would get really raspy and you'd yell at him forever, forever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Drew, Drew McIntyre retweeted that. It's some of the, some great lines and promos and stuff like that, just over the top stuff. You're nothing but a yellow dog. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like that accent that you would just hear and, oh, dude, make fold cactus. You know, you know, he's just called uh, Mick Foley Cactus. It was never Mick. It was just Cactus. Uh, and he just had <laughs> he had real estate in people's hearts, man. People that worked with him truly loved him. Truly, truly loved him. And, and you know, what What else would you want in your life? The people you work with, the people you care about, the people your family or friends with speak with you in high regard. And people that don't know you, you know, are quoting secondhand stories about you. That's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so another piece of news. Uh, Kevin, I broke this one to you as we kind of got up. Got on here, kind of started getting notes together and stuff. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Torch apparently reported earlier that Edge uh, approached the WWE with a deal. The mm-hmm. WWE declined the deal, and so now Edge is going to walk when his contract expires in September. And the speculation is that he might be AEW bound if they accept whatever deal Edge has on the table. Uh, it's it's a challenging situation for one Mr. Adam Copeland. Are we going to start calling him Adam Copeland again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I saw a meme that said, corner is all elite. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, he's an, he's a WWE lifer for me. He really, and I I mean, it'd be very odd. He, he has more matches left. It's clear. You saw the way he was moving, but I mean, he even noted in interviews with E Canada where, by the way, SmackDown, this final match he did with Sheamus was very well received. They did a very, very big TV rating in Canada with that. Uh, and a great match, by the way. He's only going to wrestle a handful of times a year. He's going to go out there and try and give you a really, really special performance that he got one with Sheamus. And they treated it like a send-off, you know? But it oh, did yeah. feel abrupt. Am I right? Like, it was like, this isn't on a pay-per-view. This isn't been built up to. This has just been, hey, by the way, Edge, one of the greatest of all time, is going to have his final match this Friday on TV. Well, the and, way and, that the- it was kind of, like, presented online, but I guess with other people, wasn't official, was that Edge's doctor came in and said, this is your last match, Absolutely. No more matches from this, but that's not kind of how it played out. It just played out where it's last match contract is up. Yeah. And he said it in the press, you know, and, and he, and he said, as far as he knows, this is the last match, cut the post mass promo, said this is the last time you'll see me here in Toronto, likely. And he, and he's also been public since WrestleMania season. Like I don't have more than a few of these yeah. left. I mean, he kind of said that and when the, he came back originally. The fact that WWE would turn down a deal is odd. Like, what, is what odd. were the parameters there? You know, what yeah. what did he want? What did they want? Uh, why did they, why was it something where, uh, is this an influence of Endeavor now? You know, mm-hmm. a, a company that's coming in that has uh, a controlling stake in the company and didn't when he returned to the company in 2020. Yeah, uh, that was a great return. Uh, there was some good and bad in this le- this last little run here, but I mean, for the most part, very good. I mean, he made a lot of people along the way. I mean, yeah, Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> like the biggest thing, the second biggest thing. In they're they're not that right big now. without. In retrospect, I know everyone said the Judgment Day thing wasn't working even with Edge in it, but in retrospect, they're not that big without it. You know, they need yeah. the slingshot of that to get up and and be what they are. Originally, yeah, yeah to get off the ground, absolutely, I do agree with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, because if they started with those dudes without him, it would have flopped. 
I don't know if it, I don't, I can't say it would have flopped. No, I I don't know if it would have flopped. You would have Finn Balor in there too eventually. No, no. If you started without, if you started without Finn Balor. You you never know. You think so? No, no, because Dom had the heat and, you know, could have done all these different things, but Edge gave it, he gave it gravity. You know, he gave it, he he really pulled you into it because he was somebody that you were going to care about because it's Edge, right? He's been around forever. Uh, and for most people watching, maybe even longer than they've been alive or following wrestling. So, uh, for WWE to turn down a deal, it must have just not been a good deal for WWE, or at yeah. least lever- give them the leverage they want with a guy who's only going to wrestle a handful of times a year. Uh, the fact just, that he's yeah. uh, under contract until what the end of September, we got the same report saying that he's AEW bound. There's a lot of connections he's got in AEW more yeah, than just Chris- really. Christian. You know that great one of the greatest tag teams of all time, one of the big tag teams during the Attitude Era, all that stuff, right? But the FTR are there, and he trained with them for his comeback. He didn't have that comeback. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they trained him for that comeback. Wow. Uh, when I worked at WrestleZone, uh, we we were close. We basically broke the story on that, but we did it with some some abbreviated idea of, hey, you cannot report it until this date. But part of the connection that we knew was, all right, who lives in this town? Why is there a ring there if there isn't a wrestling promotion there? And we started to, you know, and part of knowing that was the involvement of, of FTR being involved with a ring somewhere where there wasn't a, a local promotion and they weren't running a wrestling school or teaching classes. So who else was there? And then it was, you know, all right. And then we were asked, all right, so you know what's going on. Can you not report it until this date? And we, we kept our mouth shut. But I always knew then wow. that they were a part of like him getting back into the ring. Yeah. Wow. Well, he mentioned them. He was in love with them on his podcast. Yeah. Um, when, and you, you knew that. I mean, I think I feel like I knew that too before it happened. And it was like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Obviously those guys, he loves those, he loves those dudes. It makes sense that, uh, he, those people he asked to go help yeah. him out. I mean, that's kind of his style, the throwback style. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also it, it lends itself more to the limitations he might have as mm-hmm. someone who has a neck surgery and, and is going to take s- select bumps and do things in a very selective way. Uh, and uh, bring the heat down, bring the heat up, you know, let they call it compression. Some people do, you know, uncompressed, decompressed, that type of stuff within a match. Uh, and uh, Edge would need that at his age. You know, I, I don't, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, true. Yeah. Edge doesn't have this moves. Again, I'm throwing back to Mr. Uh, Hulk Kogan who had three moves. And, uh, you know, when I was telling somebody, to somebody, it was like, you know, back in the day when you came back as a, you know, in your fifties, it was fine because you only had to do three moves and do your bumps. But when you're like an edge kind of player, at this and, age, and also, just, I don't know if wrestling fans today would accept that. Oh, you they know, wouldn't like, be cool yeah, with it. Yeah. No. Well, uh, it matters who it is. Yes. There's a, I mean, who it is. Like, yeah, I like mean, the Rick Flair, we could care less about for yeah, years. We, Rick Flair do whatever he wants and we would woo it and love it. Um, but also like is, uh, if you're going to bring him into all elite wrestling, how special are you going to make it? How are you going to do it? How he can't go by edge. What are you going to call him? Is it going to be Adam Copeland? How are you going to merchandise it? How, even if it's for a short run, how are you going to make it special? Is it something he needs to do in AEW? There's some people in AEW that think it's going to happen. There's some people in WWE that think it's going to happen. And he's going to prove his point if he goes over there and say, you should have just given me what I wanted. You know? Uh, and, but there's a lot of factors that we just don't know on the surface because this story is so fresh. Once you guys told me about it, because I had to deal with um, the Terry Funk story earlier today, and I, I was kind of hearing some rumblings of a big story with Edge was going to come out later today. 
So when you told me, I was like, oh, okay, all right, there we go. All right, that makes sense. Wow. Uh, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised that WWE can't figure out a deal yeah, to same. make him, you know, if, if I was WWE, I'd find a way for him to have the send off of uh, Philadelphia yeah. at WrestleMania. If two nights of WrestleMania, you know, do a big match there, uh, have it be a match that plays on your strengths and can hide any weaknesses you feel you have as a performer and do it with a name and make a guy at WrestleMania you know, or, or a big show outside of that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it just felt abrupt, even though I think WWE did a good job. They made it feel like an, an event, a moment, yeah. a momentous thing. And Sheamus was the right guy to work with. And they had a great match and they got a lot of time and they did it, you know, on a big platform. SmackDown is the most watched show on, on wrestling television across the map. So and if anyone says, oh, they, they did him dirty at the end. No, they didn't. They did not do that. They did not do him dirty. It's ridiculous. You know, they always treated him like a big deal when he was on TV, too. They yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They should bring him in as Edge Cage and make him Christian's brother. Uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was saying the same thing. They should definitely Adam Cage. Him. You're Adam, Adam Cage, Cage now. <laughs> yeah. Or Christian Cage Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Edgesaurus. He'll be oh, Edgesaurus. Love it. Love that. Oh, that is he won't great. be, he won't be Luchasaurus. Great. He'll be Edgesaurus. Well, and then he can like, but he can just replace Luchasaurus. What the? Like, <laughs> he'll take off the mask. He's just he'll take off the mask. Like, that wasn't Luchasaurus was the Edgesaurus. whole time. Yeah, that was a whole different man. <laughs> Isn't Luchasaurus like seven foot tall though? Yeah, he's, he's a tall guy. Tall. Yeah, you would know it. You would notice yeah. it. You but would notice that it. would be the funniest. That would be the funniest part. They would show a. They would show a shot where Luchasaurus is standing beside him. <laughs> he's just there. And then they cut and they cut back, and then he's still same mass, but now he's six two. <laughs> it's like a- I mean, it's, it's, it's also an example of other things going on in wrestling now with WWE closing this deal with Endeavor and UFC. And I don't mean to change the topic, but you have a lot of wrestling contracts coming up. You have a lot of them coming up at the end of this year into 2024. Uh, right as, and this deal will be done by then. And WWE may have a new TV contract and AEW will hopefully have a new TV contract. And then you can really start to play for big names on both sides of the coin and there'll be people that jump back and forth. It's a good time for the wrestling business. It really is. It really is. Hell yeah. Speaking of good time for wrestling business, we have the biggest show that's of all time. Is it? I mean, they say of it all is. time. But is it the biggest of all time? I mean, if, I guess if you don't count that show in South Korea, was North Korea no. or North Korea? It was North Korea. North yeah, Korea. if you don't the count bad that Korea. show, it might be. <laughs> the, oh, the, no. the, the heel Korea. The heel the, the the baby shows, face Korea. The heel Korea. <laughs> How big are the shows in Saudi Arabia? Oh, they're pretty big. Uh, the, the show you're referencing in, in uh, Korea yeah, was Collision in Korea. Korea. Yeah. That's what it was dubbed at, but it was the Peace Festival. It was marketed as a, as a you know, a VHS tape to us in the States as Collision in Korea. Uh, but at the time, it was something that the North Korean communist government uh, organized through Antonio Inoki as a peace festival that featured talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling and WCW and hundreds of thousands of people attended, uh, but wow. no one bought tickets because uh, they were forced to attend. It was mandatory. Uh, Yes, and uh, Dark Side <laughs> of the Ring has a big episode on. So we bring this up because uh, AEW All In's doing Wembley, uh, London. They're going to have over eighty thousand people there, and you have some debate about uh, this. And Tony Khan was on the record on the media call this week saying that, "Oh, we'll we'll report it above the board, and everything will be above the board." And him and uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, who asked the question, said, "You won't, you know, add a little quippy thing." But Tony Khan didn't. Some people misquoted him. Saying you're you're not gonna quote you're not gonna quote your number as being everyone in the building, not just people who paid. Uh, and so 
there's been some shots at WWE and their attendance records <laughs> not being above the border legitimate. What? Was was the WrestleMania three record in Detroit, Pontiac, Michigan, with Hogan and Andre headlining? Was it actually ninety three thousand? It was around eighty seven thousand. Meltzer's challenged that. The number they have at WrestleMania thirty two, where they broke that record with one hundred and one thousand, was that a legitimate number? Uh, here's the fact of the matter. Everyone's going to say that this is a sign that AEW is bigger than WWE because look at this one number. You still talk to fans in the UK, and I'm this isn't a shot at anyone who loves themselves from AEW. They're still the alternative. They are still number two. And you look at all the market share, you look at all the merchandise, you look at all the different things. If WWE wanted, they could play Wembley. And if they wanted to build to it right, they could. Uh, did they try and do too many stadium events coming out of the pandemic? Probably. You know, like they moved money in the bank in uh, Las Vegas to a stadium. Everyone said, oh, look at this. Look at you to do this. Um, but, you know, you have a problem here because, you know, coming up, we're going to have payback here. And you have AEW doing a stadium show this weekend coming up here on the 27th. And the next weekend, they're going to ask you to spend more money on another pay-per-view. Two weekends in a row with a WWE premium live event on a very accessible, not pay-per-view pr- platform. You just pay $10 flat for a month. And, and will you be able to, you know, fight for the people that are in between. They haven't just picked a camp with three letters on it. It's a challenging situation that AEW puts them in, but the fact that they're challenging WWE in some way, I find that intriguing. Does this make them bigger than WWE in one night? No. And no one's going to be bigger than WWE in one night. It's it's unreasonable. Do they did they put a good card together? Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and I think it's a, it's a fair card, but it doesn't have that one match that goes, look at that. Look at that. Though they built to a lot of different things I saw on Dynamite, uh, I, I do feel like there's just something missing on this card. There were some dream matches that I think fans wanted. There isn't anything that uh, – that uh, there's names in some combinations together that are fairly interesting. But it doesn't – if this is supposed to be their mania, does it feel like their mania? I don't think so. I agree. I don't think so either. That doesn't mean I'm not going to watch the show. You know, I'm a big yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a great yeah. card. It's a great card. Yeah. It's a great show. But Absolutely. but I'm I, but I was more excited for some other shows they'd done than this one. You know what I mean? Like and, and those were shows that weren't in a stadium with eighty thousand people. On it, you know, and it was something they said like at least there, there should have been a counter on how many times they said we sold eighty thousand tickets. Uh, and good for them. They want it to feel like a big deal. Uh, and uh, they did some good go home stuff on Dynamite this week. But I don't know. I just you know they could have done Omega. And Osprey again, maybe that's just a deal where they have to save it for another New Japan Tokyo show. Uh, they could have done some big, big matches. They didn't do them. I think Punk and Joe will be interesting, but it's a match you've seen before. You know, it's 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 going to be a cool show. Jericho and Osprey, I think, will be surprising. Jericho will remind you that he's Chris Jericho and can still go. But you know what I mean? Like, the, am I am I wrong? Am I wrong here? No, uh, no, no, Jason. About like you know what I mean? Where I, I is where is your Hogan Andre on this? If you're doing a stadium show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't see a Hogan Andre. I don't see anything that's gonna be like. I mean, again, the the build up for the MJ Adam Cole's been dope. Like, yeah, so good. I love, I love even those even the commercials. Like where he's like pretending like uh, to enjoy doing a video game commercial. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, everything he's doing is golden. But he is not. Uh, that is not Andre Hogan. Yeah, that is a really cool wrestler with really cool wrestler exciting stuff. But yeah, it's not like something that's like, oh, I'm going to remember this 20 years from now. Uh, And I'm not. And and, and what's this? And AEW's had this pattern before too, where they get to a show and it just feels like something's missing in the build. Like it's there, 
it, some stuff is dialed in really good, you know. Uh, and they can do some big stuff, and they have a lot of six man matches. So you had, like, especially this week on Dynamite, you had at least four or five segments that had like six or seven people in them. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, and like pairing up for big tag team matches and stuff. And it'll be a wonderful show. I don't, I don't think outside of some stuff they had to do in the pandemic and there was injuries and stuff. Like, had they been really, maybe two pay per views have been less than the standard I think they've set. This will be a spectacle. Seeing them in front of that many people will feel special. That will be the appeal of the show. That'll be what people are talking about. And I think they'll make their mark with it. Um, it just, it just, you know, right now I'm like, where is this missing thing? And I feel like I'm nitpicking because it's not a bad card when you read it out loud, right? You know, you're getting some special stuff on it, but it just, I, where, where's your big showdown? You know, you're doing an angle with MJF and Cole for the world title. Uh, but they're also going to be in a, a, a pre-show match that's just like an angle that's going to get to the end of the show, which is kind of intriguing. And and so there, there's some clever things they're doing, but I'm not saying they have to do everything like WWE because clearly that wouldn't that wouldn't be cool either. They'd be doing everything. I know I'm being a little critical, but I was I yeah. kind of came out of this week's Dynamite that we were literally fresh out. Well, I was thinking like there's something missing. There's just well, something Kevin, missing in this situation. Like I mean, if you were if you were, like, is there anybody? that you could pull up and put in any that would any aw that would give you that would give you that feel because i don't know if there's any I mean, they don't really like, have anybody larger than life yeah there's not i mean unless they grabbed a bunch of like their stories they a, they're, they're i mean they, they have big right. names they're stars but their their stories are what they kind of focus on and then they want to pay it off in big big matches and, and uh the issue is they got so many people to get over that they're doing this faction thing. Yeah. So uh, some people can get lost in the shuffle, which has obviously been a clear issue they have. Do they have the same fluidity week to week? They just don't uh, in terms of stories. And WWE's dialed that in under Triple H. You kind of know where things are going. And once you get there, you're excited to get there for the most part, you know, for the most part, I'm not saying everything in WWE is perfect. The women oh, yeah. are underserved, all these different things, but I mean, like th- there's just names in AEW that don't feel like the stars they were some time ago. You have yep. some people that are coming back and reestablishing themselves. Like Sam Punk, also, uh, you know, has some injury injuries going on. Brian Daniels yeah. is out. There's yeah. a few other people that are, I can't think of who, but, Oh, and then Ray Phoenix, the whole travel issue with him. Yeah, they had to write him off the show and have yeah. him get injured by the BCC. And they're going to, I mean, the thing is, this show's going to be great. I really, really think they're going to put on a great show. But it just has yeah. that, it has that sense of can you make the pomp and circumstance bigger than the ticket you sold? And obviously, if you're in the UK and you're going to this, you're going to have a great time. I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never been to an AEW show where I left and I felt like, ah, that was missing something, you know? Um, but I'm I saying that now. I'm I'm being. I got my tweezers out. I got my tweezers <laughs> yeah. Out. Well, the thing is too, though, like the people who they do have that could have that kind of larger than life match are the people like John Moxley and Clyde Castanol and Brian Daniels. And they're all these small, but they're all tied up in this. And and they're they're hidden in big tag matches and stuff. Yeah, they're all tied up in this know? tag and matches. Like, exactly. Well, yeah. Brian's hurt, but yeah. yeah. You're yeah, right. I do agree with that. Yeah. I, I wonder what this card would have been with Danielson on it if he could have gone and went out there and had the one-on-one spectacle that you want him to have the. The big, the big, the big Tokyo Dome in another continent type performance, but <laughs> that, you know. that'd been awesome. 
that would have been yeah crazy. it's it's well i think about and this is just going back to the idea of the eighty thousand. well i remember i'm you know i'm from san antonio so i remember the whole uh the whole alamo dome thing where like they yeah. were literally giving away it was like you buy family tickets you get a pack of five for 10 bucks which <laughs> uh are you, ta- are you talking about the rumble which rumble are you talking about? uh the first one the 90 the 97 one? Oh, yeah yeah the one oh, won the title back. T- yeah it's a totally different thing and and there's been some people who have told me like is there you know, are they doing some ticket deal type things and stuff like yeah. that? But the tickets moved at such a for the show at such a high clip. Yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. know, and they really, really proved the um, that they have a higher share of the market in different areas. And also, another thing that's worth knowing is they haven't ran there at all. You know, they haven't done. This is the first time they've ever ran Europe. That's awesome. You know, wow. they, they, they're going and to. This, this isn't like a. Yeah, they've and they've never ran a stadium before. Uh, so what is that going to look like? What challenge is that for their production? Oh, what challenge is that for the for the scale of making the show feel big? You know, does it live if you run a stadium now? You're going to start comparing. It's one thing to like run a weekly TV show and everyone's going to make the comparisons to WWE, which are just natural. You know, they're just natural. Casual fans are going to do that. Somebody's watching AEW for the first time who says, "Yeah, I'm going to go to the Dave and Buster's in town and watch it," where they're going to have these things. Or maybe I'll just pluck down an order at pay-per-view and give it a shot. Big show, Jericho, all this cool stuff. Yeah, well, sure, why not? You know? Uh, and they see it and it it feels big, but it just doesn't feel the same. They gotta hit it out of the park. They have to. There's no other options. You yeah. can't have a show that doesn't you can't WWE can have a WrestleMania that doesn't meet the standards of other WrestleManias, and they're still gonna have a majority of their fans next week. Uh, I'm not saying AEW hasn't bought that credibility with their fans because they have and there's loyalists and all these different things but to me a lot of people there because they just want to see the big show that isn't wwe in a stadium and they want to stick it to wwe and they're on the banner and they're on the pirate ship but you got them how are you going to get the casuals how are you going to get somebody who watches smackdown raw every week and doesn't read the dirt sheets or listen to a podcast like this to want to click over and see your party you know like this is an opportunity to do that. And they may be able to do that somewhere else. You know, the, the European fans set, tend to have a different set of sauces that they put on the plate, you know, uh, before they even eat anything. So, uh, you know, it's different. And, you know, Impact was able to do it for a long time before they had financial issues that were independent of that, where they were a big company in Europe. And they did feel like, uh, you know, big. Were they as big as WWE? No. Yeah, I get it. WWE's not the same. Oh, the thing uh, Tony Khan saying, ah, we have a bigger television. Yeah, you're on free TV. You know what I mean? Like you're you're on over the air television. It's way different. You know, it's like, come on, what what are we getting at here? You know, it's like, come on, what what what? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, but you can see it. If WWE wanted to run a Mania in London, like they're teasing, and notice they oh, started to oh, do that. Yeah, they started exactly. to do that back at Money in the Bank. Good timing and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the timing of it was very curious to have John Cena come out there and start talking about doing a, a mania. And, and if they run Wembley, could you imagine that? If WWE says, we're going to go over there and we're going to do a SummerSlam or a Royal Rumble at Wembley and we're going to blow out your number. They should have had John Cena say, but if you're going to, if you're going to all in, then you can't go to WrestleMania. He wouldn't even <laughs> say the words. He wouldn't even say the words all in. You know, no, no, he wouldn't. I, gu- I guarantee you, WWE will, <laughs> will they if they book something in London, they will book some type of element to like reference it or something like that in oh, like yes. a clever way, not like directly, but it'll be sly and stuff. Oh, I don't you know. Do you WrestleMania? <laughs> oh, go all <laughs> in with your WrestleMania trailer. Go all in on the universe. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, uh, 
but do you think it, the vindictiveness will change if it's not um if it's not oh. Vince McMahon in charge of everything? Oh, but <laughs> well, I mean, he'll 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 still be involved and like yeah, and okay. it's competitive and and also like it goes both ways. Yeah, you totally. Know? It goes both ways. You 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 um. Vince people McMahon? don't like hearing this. Like th- this oh. is this is what I'm. I know I'm talking too much. But as somebody who works in media, people don't like hearing this. If they're and, and I'm not doing this to poke a shot at AEW because I think they've changed the business for the better and they've done wonderful things and. I've always had good dealings with them and stuff like that. But in terms of like the way the market works for wrestling right now and live sports, sports and entertainment things, and like the way media stuff, you saw this with the SAG after stuff, right? Both WWE and AEW are in a very, very good position right now to sign new TV contracts. If those strikes go into the fall, oh, you totally. know, oh, uh, yeah. where you have Especially, the writer strike yeah. and the, the actors union and these, they're going to want to shore up some stuff and go to their sponsors and say, well, we still got this thing that's going to give us X, Y, and Z off audience every single week and both of them are in good positions and both of them are liked by their tv partners and media partners they work with uh but the fact of the matter is in 2019 when aew launched it doesn't get the same type of attention and get the the market enter the market on almost after one pay-per-view enter the market with a tv deal with dynamite now with three weekly shows with warner brothers a company that's in some very financial challenging situations right now with warner brothers discovery but AEW is still in a very good position for them because they deliver a number that that warrants what they're spending on it. Is that the same as what WWE gets? No, because WWE has been around as long as WWE has been around. Yeah. And this is a relatively new company. So when you think about it, that's good. But that company wouldn't get a TV deal, TV deal if WWE didn't hit the market with what they have, hardcore delivery on your, on your numbers, multi-million every single week, a varied number that isn't just men. You know, a number that has a lot more women watching wrestling, a lot more kids. There's a variety of WWE fans. There is no one standard idea of a wrestling fan. It's dudes, right? It's a lot of dudes like you and me. But there's still kids that buy this. So then you have families. So you have, you know, you, uh, Jason, you're a, if you had a young child who had a favorite wrestler, you'd have a different wrestler. You could go to a WWE show. That's a lot more easy to sell for WWE than AEW, where a majority of the characters they sell and they appeal to are just men 18 to 34. You have a scope. You know what I mean? And WWE has a much bigger scope. When they signed those deals in 2019, those are billion-dollar TV deals, a billion-dollar deal, multiple ones, one with Fox for SmackDown, one with NBC Universal, eventually for Peacock, and then a separate deal for Raw, and, and then a separate deal for NXT, right? AEW doesn't get that TV deal if that doesn't happen with WWE. Yep, doesn't. Sure. It opened up the market for other things to happen. And they were in the right place, and they had their own independent capital with cons. It wasn't like we were going to invest more than what we're paying for the show. And it proved to be a very, very good thing for everyone involved and better for the business as a whole. But they want to compete. They want to see they're competing right out of the box. They are a little bit, depending on where you are. But come on. you know. Even though they're running a stadium, I still have to think, okay, <laughs> WWE's going to do it five times this year. <laughs> like They're going to they're gonna do that scale <laughs> yeah, of event. Like. You know they're gonna they're gonna spend, they're gonna do that like four or five times this year, uh, and everyone's gonna debate about this one individual number. And it's bigger than this, and it's just it's trivial semantic things. But if you look at the bigger picture, WWE just signed up. How much money did Endeavor put into them? You know what yeah. I mean? Like 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 what are we talking about here? You know? So well, that's the trick, right? It's always about, uh, especially us. It's always about 
how can you throw a stone at the guy ahead? And it's like, it's fine for that. Like they're actually saying, Hey, you know, we did this one thing and you're right. It's like in the long run. Yeah. So we've done it 50 times, you know? <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting because it's like, but that's how we are. This is how us as people are, right? Sure. We want to see, we want to see David be Goliath. We want to see that thing. We want that big old situation happening. So it makes sense that we would even drool at the idea of these numbers and that's the other trick right because when it comes down to like an AEW compared to wwe as you said wwe is more of a prod thing while AEW is taking people that have meticulously fell in love with this yeah. industry and maybe and, wwe and lost so, those fans yeah so it's way, like yeah. focusing mm-hmm. on the niche people and so the idea that a bunch of niche people can feel like they hit a big thing, that's awesome. I do not know what's happening behind me. So I apologize if it's like <laughs> a wrestling match in the back of my house because it is. Um, but it's so running, much, brother. You got to run in. Somebody's going to hit me with a chair in a second. Um, that actually has happened before. Um, <laughs> uh, when you have a two and five year old, it's a high chance. Somebody's gonna run in either. Bare I'm sorry if I introduced or... topics like media, media buys, and, and multi-million dollar media conglomerates to the nah. conversation. No, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 good, it's fun trying to find bits for it, it though. <laughs> you made it work. You had you had babysitting you with a chair. You made it entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I, I'm going. I'm here for the low ball jokes that I can pull. Out. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, but it's interesting because oh, so. I have to say, uh, we'll probably like, I appreciate your insight. I love it because it feels like I'm just watching, listening to an article. So I'm like, you were like two minutes. I'm talking too much. I'm like, this is great for me. I don't even, I'm getting all this information that I want to see for myself. Um, yeah. But I was laughing because, um, uh, the, you know, the stadium stampede, uh, match and it's like, it's cool. Like, oh, there's some awesome people in the match. Um, but I just think about the video game and I think they're just literally promoting the new download that they're adding to their video <laughs> game. <laughs> But I, I wonder if they're going to pull it off the same way as they were going to pull off the ones in Jack and the one in Florida, because, you know, that one, they understood that venue because of that. But I mean, I guess in theory, this venue is kind of the same because Jacksonville plays there too. So I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I said, I love the idea of that kind of uh, just ridiculous mm-hmm. kind of match. Um, and I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I know that's literally one of the least, uh, uh, exciting things, but I just, I just, as a humorist, I just think that's, I mean, literally last time the dude rode a horse. I mean, come on. He was literally, I'm uh, not, uh, Heyman Page is literally riding a horse down the thing. I mean, come on. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. This <laughs> is, uh, Blackpool, this is Blackpool Combat Club with mystery partners, uh, currently listed. Uh, those are Santana and Ortiz, by the way. Those were revealed yep. this week. Yeah. Got a change uh, of five that- versus five. Yeah, it was a five on five now. Uh, Ray Phoenix is out of there. He got hit with a crowbar. It, they they slammed so much stuff into this segment and this oh, match. They to like, I mean, they slammed so much. It was Moxley like versus Ray Phoenix. Then Ray Phoenix got hit with a crowbar by Wheeler Yuta afterwards. And then Santana Ortiz, who you've not seen on television in over a year, they showed up to turn on Eddie Kingston. It was like, it was overcooked a little bit. They did like three weeks worth of television in like 25 minutes. And it just felt, it was one of those things where it's like, this is one of those like WCW late. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel like I, I know, I know what you're going for, but I can't remember something that just happened 30 seconds. Yeah. And you just had two characters who haven't been on television in a year just show up. And it felt, it, it just abrupt. I don't want to feel abrupt. Build, now give it to me. The Yeti, uh, the Yeti showing up right now. Yeah, no, but this yeah. isn't that bad. Uh, but uh, this, 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 you have uh, Orange Cassidy in this. You have Eddie Kingston. Yeah. You have a great character, Eddie It'll Kingston. Be awesome. It'll be, 
it'll be a wild, wild match. Uh, what what of uh, the big matches in the show are you guys most looking forward to? I, I'm looking forward to reliving my uh, my 20s uh, with the uh, CM Punk uh, uh, Samoa Joe match. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, about that am I gonna give? Uh, am I gonna get myself a uh, a uh, uh, a Pepsi plunge from the top rope? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I'll do I'll do another Marky thing. I saw them have the second match, uh, those big Ring of Honor matches they talked about. I saw it live. Oh, Chicago, wow. Chicago Ridge Frontier Fieldhouse, two thousand three or four, and they went an hour. It was an hour Broadway. I remember I lost my match. I lost my voice during the match, screaming that much. I lost my voice, and um, and I they're doing the real world's title thing, which is I, I, an angle. You know, they want to add more to it than just another Punk Joe match because they've done what one in, one or two of these on TV already. I don't think they've done one on one. Uh, oh, they did. No, they one, did a tag team. They did a one. They did one on one for the Owen on Hart TV thing. once for the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, for, and, and they did a tournament match. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that was a good match. And it, 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 you had two older guys, but they still could go out there and brawl and, and hide everything. Everyone says Punk can't go. He can. Is it easy for him to get a guy like Joe over his shoulders for a for? A, yeah, uh, that was a rough. That was a rough DTS. You're was talking was about the they... one where he dressed up as like the Golden Vampire character. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can, it was like, you can see he's like, I'm trying, but he was thinking about putting that, pulling off that mask at the same time. So that was probably the other reason why it was yeah. so not awesome. Well, you knew once he did some signature stuff who it was. Yeah. And yeah. Just to give you the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't a bad card on paper, but I, like I said, there's some fun angles or something. There's something I'm just like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, where is this one straight up match that we're going to get? But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. What about you, Sam? What are you looking forward to, man? I'm hosting your podcast. I'm sorry I'm on your podcast. Oh, uh, no, you're out. good. You're good, man. Um, you know, one thing I am looking forward to Chris Jericho, Will Ospreay, because, like, it, I feel like, like you said earlier, Jericho's going to surprise you, and Jericho's going to be able to keep up with Ospreay, and it's going to be an amazing match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a challenging situation for Jericho to go with a guy who is – consider the Ferrari of pro wrestling right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Will Ospreay, he's a high speed guy who doesn't work a pace that I think Jericho is going to work in 2023. Uh, yeah. But also everyone says Jericho can't have great matches anymore. I'm just like, how many times does he have to prove you're wrong on this? Like yeah, in the past no, couple of years, so. you know, totally. Then uh, did you hear the promo Jericho cut saying, uh, you're here because of me. People said you were too wild and too crazy. I called you and I told you to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Clever, you know, oh, that's good stuff. And, yeah. And, uh, Will Ospreay may be going into business for himself saying he's, his contract is up in six months. Oh yeah. He did it, say it, that. What was it? That felt like a little bit of a distraction. Like what's the point? Then, right. Was, you know? I think he was trying to say that like my contract's up in six months. So I'm going to beat you and make myself more valuable. Yes. But I mean, yeah, it was kind of like, it didn't matter. Like, yeah. okay, well let's talk about that in three or four months. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When I think of this match, I think of the Rey Mysterio Osprey match. Mm. And, uh, just because that same idea, right? Like, there's somebody that Will Osprey, uh, working with a dude that's just a legend. Um, mm-hmm. now they're different. They're different, obviously different styles. Um, but I just think of that and I think about how awesome that match was. And, and, um, I, I, I and, and obviously it's going to be different because of the styles, but yeah, no, I can't see. Jericho messing this up. I could see him actually making it better than it should be, like he normally does. Where it's just like you, you, you see him. You know, everybody's making fun of his tummy, and it's like, yeah, your tummy doesn't look like that, dudes. Calm down, you know. <laughs> like, like this dude's uh, 
this dude's still doing his thing, and he's he's got hair plugs. Shut up! If you can afford hair plugs, you get hair plugs. Dork. I know. What is problem? I know. I'm starting to lose it in the back of my dude, head. I'm I, like, I'm, I've been bald for years now. I wish I just like hung out and tried to do the hair plugs. I would have yeah. plugged it up. Would you? Could you? You got a hair plug like mohawk? That'd been kind of sweet. Yeah, that would be cool. If I just did. If I, if oh, I did yeah. the hawk from Legion of Doom, I just grew it on the sides. Reverse mohawk down the middle. Mm-hmm. When my two-year-old was, uh, when my son was born, he actually was born with a mohawk. Wow, that's cool. And it was so, it was so dope. Like, but then his hair grew in, and it was like, I'm not going to make you have a mohawk. It's not as fun. Like, but it's not as fun. It looked really cool. He's like a two-year-old with this dope mohawk, just the way his hair grew in. <laughs> I was like, okay, bud, live that life. Hell yeah, that's awesome. So, but yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's gonna be, I think it's gonna be good. I am uh, excited, and again, that dude just doesn't not entertain. That's one thing Jericho does very well. He's entertaining, fun, and yeah, Osprey just needs to just kill it, and he'll make that dude look amazing. So, as a wrestling, match. and then you have the so, whole story with Don Callis tied into now it. it's just so that'll that be story. another layer to the story to it. It'll be really good. It'll be really good. And then the main event, um, the world title match. Uh, I feel like because we've been waiting for Adam Cole and MJF to like explode, you know, this whole time, and I feel like. Uh, the, the Ring of Honor tag team title match is where it's going to actually finally happen. And then it'll be a pretty good main event. But like you said, it's not going to be like the match, the thing that, that we're going to be talking about in 20 years. I, I mean, I hope that they don't. I love this idea. I love this idea that they're just going to be best friends. I, I do just, too. I, just, I do too. I, I, I didn't like the, it at first. This thing, I love it. It's like, one, you know, watching David D my whole life, you just expect, this is how many times have we seen this a zillion times, you know, oh, you're about to do a big match together, so now you got to become tag team champions, and uh, do, and then you're going to... Can they even coexist? Oh, yes, over and over again. They do it in the men's, do it in women's, they do it in everybody, and so I love the idea of just refusing to, like, refusing to let them hate each other. <laughs> well, when, they, when, when this first happened, I was super annoyed by it, because... When AEW first started, they did the same thing with MJF and Cody. And as soon yeah. as like they started, I'm like, oh, he's turning on him. And then like it, it felt like the same thing. And now they've made it seem like more Cole's going to turn on him. Yeah. And, now they're uh, keeping and guessing. Now they're like, what is going to happen? And they, I'll give them that. They really did do a good job. And both those guys did too. And all these vignettes and different things they filmed where the real story got told. You know, and then they did they did the tag matches where they did simple things that really showed you they worked together as a team. Look how they get along. They did wrestling things to make it work. There's both sides of the coin. You got sports entertainment stuff with the vignettes, and you got a whole lot of wrestling stuff inside the ring with the two of them. And and they kept you guessing. Even this week, yeah. that was the go home. Is kept yep. kept you guessing because these guys are going to open the show on the pre-show with a tag team title shot against Aussie Open, and then close the show in a world title match against each other. And that's and like gotta five or six guessing. hours. It's been a long yeah. time apart. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and what we're not cool. expecting is Adam Cole could join the kingdom when it's all said and done. Maybe I mean, that wouldn't be very you know? like end of the pay per view in the end of WrestleMania worthy, though. To tell you the truth, I don't end know if it is. In. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't know if it is. I mean, certainly you got to see something compelling happen and a turn, you know. And is you know MJF gonna? villainize himself yet again and get, and get back to being uh, a you know a red hot villain that everyone wants to chase and then he's gonna and, just, you know whoever's gonna win is gonna defend the title a week later that's another thing how does this pay-per-view build to another pay-per-view in the next week there's and only two match, people... matches announced for all out yeah it's two <laughs> so... matches it's powerhouse Hobbs versus miro and and darby Luchasaurus allen versus and... luchasaurus for the tnt title 
and what do you do on this pay-per-view that sells another pay-per-view? Does pay-per-view just kind of become a, a whole set of angles for another pay-per-view the next week? At United Center in Chicago, where I'm going to be, you know, maybe I have some selfish intentions there. I want to know what matches I'm getting. Yeah, I could I could imagine somebody else coming and barging in and destroying the end of that match, but and then they work together to end it, and then that ends up adding a whole new person into the story, which I could imagine that, especially if you're gonna be doing a a pay per view like that quick, so you need something that insane to really build a big match. You know what I'm saying? Um, which if they won the titles, right? Uh, then they could, but why would anybody care about ROH <laughs> ROH uh, tag team champions for a thing but i do imagine like if somebody crazy came in now like if we're back in the day right this would be a perfect situation where a uh where the wolf pack comes in and destroys things you know what i'm saying uh Mm -hmm. for this match because they're loving each other they're showing no cracks and then some kind of wolf pack situation comes in and just decimates them you're totally confused of why those people are there and then that sets up a match that could be cool Uh, um but uh, but it's 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 pay-per-view you know, like you got to give people some payoffs and stuff like that. Do you want to yep. end on a big question mark with that? It's a very challenging thing. It is, yeah. Definitely. Very challenging thing. That's why I don't book pay-per-views. Yeah. Nope. That's why you <laughs> pay for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, Kevin, I know you said you're on like a like a time frame. Um, did you want to? Did you want to stay on and yeah, a little bit anymore? here? Yeah. Do you want to jump out of here or? I'll, I'll hop. I'll hop out because uh, I, I got I got some food. I got to eat. I got to zip over to. An open mic and all that good stuff. But uh check out what we're doing at Sportskita, sportskita.com. Sportskita.com. Uh we also have two different YouTube channels, Sportskita Wrestling. You search that and Sportskita Wrestle Binge. Wrestle Binge is our weekly shows with Vince Russo, Bill After, Teddy Long, Dutch Mantel, interviews. We just dropped some with Natalia. Uh, I just did an interview as well with Alex Shelley, the Impact Wrestling Champion. Uh that was a very, very good one. Uh, and we're doing some really, really cool stuff. We're on Snapchat, we're on Instagram. Audio podcast. I know you guys are audio podcast guys. I do week, I do weekday news for them. You guys, I jump into the weekly, weekly stories and you get all those weekly audio versions. Really? I would be shocked that that's what you're, that you do. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that. Fathom, fathom. It is, it is my legitimate (laughs) job. I could, yeah, I'm like just sitting there going, this is fun. This is like, I don't have to, I don't have to search anywhere. It is (laughs) stupid. It is stupid to say to people as an adult man that I have to write off Royal Rumble as a tax as a tax work expense or something like that. Like they had to ask me, like, what were these events? Like, and I said, it is this, it is this, and uh, it is this, and they're like, really? And I was like, uh huh, yeah, that is something I have to say, you know. And uh, but no, I I'm having a great so time, awesome. and uh, you know, all the cool stuff. And if, and if you're just a fan of comedy, go check out Roast Battle Chicago. We're blowing up, dude. We're blowing up. We're gonna be doing the three one two comedy yeah. festival. Uh, oh, in Chicago cool. with some cool names. Yeah. yeah. You ever oh, do yeah. anything with the Q brothers? The the who brothers? The Q brothers. I've heard of. I, I they're a giant I... Chicago rap group, but they're known for their insane freestyles. And they oh. actually they we we get a lot of people that come to the roast battle comedy show where comedians insult each other competitively, and they tend to be a lot of battle yeah. rap fans that just Makes like sense. that idea of people like verbalizingly competing competing with each other. We've wow. got we've had a lot of crossover with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I wish I lived uh Chicago. Uh go but, I mean oh. go go watch our stuff. We have a Rose yeah. Battle Chicago YouTube channel. We have a full show we just dropped with Bobby Kelly and Hans Kim. You may know from Kill Tony. Yeah. Uh yep, that yep, whole show too. is up. We have individual battles. Very uncensored, by the way. People just going at each other full full throttle. So if you want that, I don't know. 
I like being nice to people, but I like the idea <laughs> of as a as a freestyle rapper, I enjoy that idea and so it's a uh, uh, yeah i laugh at you i laugh at that too like as an old man older man i didn't know that people were just gonna pay me four hundred dollars to go do their birthday party for an hour you know what i'm saying like like that was not a thing that i or i get to go to acl just because i rap to kids like you know what i'm saying i'm holding a full badge standing right beside you know not little nas x in the same place getting <laughs> snacks and all i'm doing is rapping to kids and this dude's like being little nas x and it just makes me laugh i'm like this is my life i'm not <laughs> mad at it but it's hilarious wow but sam awesome. I, I appreciate the time thank you guys for letting me uh plug it you guys can follow me on twitter at kev kellum k-e-v-k-e-l-l-l-a-m kev kellum six too and if you follow hit me up and say hey i, I heard you on the show i want to know what's going on you know all the cool awesome. stuff hell yeah hell yeah thank you very much Bye, guys. for being awesome. awesome see you have, have a good one buddy evening. thank you guys you too. Have a wonderful evening. Wonderful yourself. time. Very formal. Very formal. All right. I bid you adieu. <laughs> All right. Also la pasta. That's what I do. I'm very formal. How you doing, man? Hey, man. That's you. I'm just chilling, dude. I was yeah. I was loving that. I felt like I didn't. I had a front row seat to an actual wrestling show. I like, and I'm I like, like whoa. We just I like let this guy said, talk um, the whole time. I feel like I'm listening to an article because it's true. And, and he's so full of knowledge and it's great. I love talking to him and stuff. And I kind of like to give him the, the floor a little bit because he has a lot. Oh. Of, uh, of good information so yeah hell yeah man you you'd be a you'd be a dumb person if you did not give the professional time <laughs> to just do what he like i said i'm sitting there going this dude made me sound like i knew what i was talking about you know what i'm saying like that's what i'm talking about this is that's a uh, yeah and i've mm-hmm. seen that i've seen his stuff before so that's even cooler just to see somebody that you've seen there now this is the part where we don't know what we're do. talking about um yeah did we yeah. cover oh we this the GCW thing yeah yeah did you watch homecoming at all you said that you're uh, no i didn't of, see one uh, bit. matt cardona so i'm a big giant fan of matt cardona and anytime he does a thing and so i do know that he came as the death match busters okay and I, he had him you, I hope his, you knew about that because uh, that was an epic entrance yeah on that that what my favorite part about him and gcw is his entrances that man i just i remember when he beat cage and then like everybody's just saying f you man you know like that was just i just so saw sick. that because i'm uh, actually watching and it's GCW like w as far back as i can go on fight plus and i just saw him win the title yeah no it's it's so good like that was some epic wrestling and it's like but i'll be honest when it comes down to it the only other people I know are the people that he made awesome. Oh, that already awesome. Like Effie, Effie's pretty awesome. And then uh, Cage, a uh, Gage, of course. Um, and it's like, it's like those kind of dudes that you see or the random other old WWE guys. But as a fan of Zack Ryder, like just to see him like destroy things like he did those years ago, um, just destroy independent wrestling. That was so cool. Cause like yeah. he, he's deserved it and they never showed him any love and wwe which always makes me so angry it's like i remember going to the stuff with the internet titles and him not getting any kind of love or him getting destroyed by kane and to see him just be able to control this thing oh i did love uh the the pushback he got for bringing uh during one uh, not during a gcw show but during a different show he had the tag team titles uh the women's tag team oh, title he with did. him that was, and that it was caused DDT. yeah in japan i think yeah yeah, and they're losing it, but it's just so funny. And uh, it's like, hey, man, it's my wife. I can I can hold her title if I want. Um, oh my gosh! And he has so many. Saw, he has so many world titles, like from all the indies all around the world. It's it's so cool to see him 
um, be able to do that. And so, yeah, so I'll watch GCW for that one reason. And I, I was looking at that, like, because it was a t- two-day show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like their and WrestleMania. So, it's like their biggest show of the year. Yeah. And, I mean, Jake Janelle is cool. Um, I've always been, like, he, what he does is pretty cool. And um, But in general, it's, yeah, all the other people, I'm like, I have no idea who half of these people are. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it. I uh, first started watching GCW in March. Um, that's when I got Fight Plus, and I didn't really know who half the people were either. And then just over the time, I've just fallen in love with all these people, and I just I follow it and I watch all the shows. I love it. Why is it that you love it? What What is it about it that really gets you? That is it the reminder of the old school days? Is it kind of what yeah, it is? So it like kind EC, of it like kind ECW of feels, things. It kind of feels like ECW to me because they have. You know, technical wrestling. They have death matches. They have the lucha. They kind of have a little bit of everything, and and they tell really good stories. There's a story because a lot of people, oh, they don't tell you know stories, whatever their death match. But like, there's this long story that they've been telling between Blake Christian and Mach since January, and it just came to a head this past weekend at, at Homecoming. I mean, like, do you find yourself like just wanting to know? One, it's also nice when you can like binge wrestling. Um, yeah, which is cool when you when you don't have to like because with WWE if you can't binge it because you're already gonna know the news by the time it happens so it's not like you can just not pay attention you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, but this is nice because most of these things you don't even know existed until you start watching the shows uh, and maybe the Macadona stuff you would know but you wouldn't know about anybody else on the card and so um, I imagine that's nice I remember uh, a good example of this is when Lucha Underground came out. Man, I loved watching all those shows all together. It yeah. was just so cool. And I love that cinematicness of Lucha Underground. Um, and so, uh, but I remember feeling that way. It was like, oh, this is cool. I love the idea of just going these stories back and forth, not knowing any of these characters, but then falling in love with the characters, um, which would be cool if you could do that with WWE. But it's just, it's such a big system. There's no way really to to go back and watch all the stuff so you can figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, um, you can, but it's going to be quite a chore. Yeah, it's definitely reminded. I love that. I, it sounds like I have a death match happening in the back of my studio right now. So uh, that really helps the the, the feel of this uh, conversation. So, Well, I'll let you get back to your uh, to wrangling your people over there. I don't even know what's happening over there. They're supposed to be asleep. But, uh, <laughs> we're, going, we're doing a uh, family vacation here in a, a day so i'm not looking forward to oh. the work that that's going to take we're going to sea world oh fun. So, hell yeah yeah you want uh, to, you, know, uh, you want to plug some social media uh um hey uh thank you again bud for having me on um yeah if you're looking for me go over to flowsu.com or flowsu uh at twitter or where is it x now is that what i have to say yeah i find guess i don't know x. I twitter i I, yeah. I never find it on my phone anymore because I, I go right past that x looking for the bird yeah, you know, I'm with you, dude. Uh, but uh, you can check us out on YouTube at Flows for You, the number four, the letter U, or uh, and uh, just check us out. What I do is I interview cool people. I've had Funky Sam McGee on the show, Ooh. and I make up a rap song about him, and uh, that's what we do. Uh, we do that every single Monday at 5 p.m. CST um, on um, every Monday and on YouTube, on Twitch and on Facebook. So if you want to check out and hear more of my stump, my dumb stories or my silly rapping, please come check us out and again. Uh, thank you again for having me on to uh, talk wrestling. I don't get to do this much. We don't talk wrestling on our podcast. So, oh, yeah, man. Thank you for, uh, thanks for uh, hopping on with me. <laughs> no problem, brother.
You can find me uh, at all the places at Funky Sam Medina and everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Awesome, man. Have a wonderful night. You too, brother.